we're going to move into the message. And part of the message, I gave you guys one of those koozies. I need more volunteers. Come on. I need more people. Let's go. Come on, Allison. You can walk. I know you got legs at work. You're young. All right, Buck, David. All right. So we have different cans for you, just so you guys can know we're equal opportunity here. We have some Sprite. We have some Coke Zero, regular Coke Pepsi. And we have some seltzer water, because I know there's some people that said, I'm not going to drink soda. You're healthy. All right, and so for those healthy, good people, right now, everybody's going to get one, and if you don't want it, you don't have to keep it, but guys, take some of these and go hand those out. Everybody should be able to get what they need, and so we will do that, and this is going to be part of today's illustration. All right, so we even got some of these little ones right here. Somebody took the Red Bull. There's a Red Bull going along. Does anybody want a Cherry Coke right there? All right, Sprite, but we got people going along. Here you go, David. Pick your poison, my brother. And this right here um, is going to be part of our illustration. Now, I didn't make a notes page for this um, message because I wanted to give you something in your hand. So we got some good people going out there, giving you a choice. All right. Now, the reason we didn't hand them when you came in, now hear this, hear me now, is we can't drink in here. All right. They said that we could not, so please do not crack them open. I wanted to tell you that before I handed that out. But these are all cans. And the message series, and this is, uh, comes from something I believe that God gave me, is going to be built around a can. So we got people going around, handing things out, and we are almost done. I appreciate it. We tried to think of everything. If, you're, if your particular poison of choice is not up here, deal with it. All right, forgive me. All right, I can only do so much, all right? You get what you pay for, okay? And so that's what, uh, that's what you have. But you, everybody has a can. I'm sure we've all drinking, drunken, drinking, I don't know, whatever that's called, out of a can. Hopefully you're not drunk out of a can, I don't know. But, but you're doing something out of a can where you're getting liquid into your body. Um, now I want you to hold it. Hold it up for me. Let me see who has one. That way everybody can know who has one. Hold it up. All right, now you all, who's held one of these before? You've all held this before. I want to do something that is even better than a sermon insert, all right? We give you those things every week. I had one made. I just chose not to print it out because I want to do something that every time you pick up a can, you'll remember at least part of what I'm saying today, that, that you will be brainwashed, that God's message, which I believe God gave me, will be ingrained within you, and the next time you grab a can, I don't care what's in it, that you'll think about this. Because I think that's how, kind of how Jesus taught. Now, the way this came to me two weeks ago on a Wednesday, and um, the Lord woke me up. Now, he, I know it's the Lord because I can sleep through anything. My wife can testify, right? Amen? It's a great gift. All right? I can sleep through anything. Dog is barking. Babies are crying. People are breaking into the house. I won't hear anything. I just sleep through. But the Lord woke me up, and I knew it was him because I wasn't angry. Okay? Because normally when I wake up, I'm very angry and upset about being awake, um, but he began to speak to me, and I believe he, he spoke this to me. He spoke a, a few things, but this is one of the things he gave me, and I think it's for us. So I'm going to say a prayer. Father God, I don't take your word lightly. Who am I, Lord, to share your word? But I come before you, God, wanting to share what I believe your word says for each of us, for every believer, no matter where we are. So help us to have ears to hear. Help me to say what needs to be said. But most of all, Jesus, you're the teacher. And we're your people. This is your church. So we invite your presence here. We recognize your presence here. And we say, God, have your way. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Now, when you think of the can, there's scripture, and it's um, out of Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, and we'll put it on the screen. This is a scripture that a lot of Christians use, okay? It's a good one. In fact, it says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Raise your hand if you heard that scripture. I can do all things through Christ. In fact, in sports, if you're a Christian and you play sports, like you're a football player, like you love this verse, But I think we've drastically misapplied what Paul was actually talking about. Because if you read what Paul is talking about, he's talking about the struggle he has in life to make a difference for the kingdom of God. He's not talking about dunking a basketball. He's not talking about running a race. He's not talking about doing anything other than pouring his life out for the cause of Christ. But yet, I've known many people. I've never been there, but I know many that do. Oh, I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. No, but you can do what God has created you to do, even when it's hard. But I promise you, I ain't dunking no basketball. I could probably barely get net anymore. I could read this verse day after day and say I believe it and wear it on a t-shirt and tattoo it on the inside of my arm, and I ain't doing that. Now, what I think that's happened for a lot of us in the church is we forgot we're serving God. We forgot we are serving the creator of heaven and earth. We think he's a good luck charm. We think he's a good luck charm. Picture the Gospels. Jesus walks up to a man collecting taxes and he says, follow me. Leaves it there, unattended, his job, and leaves and follows Jesus because he recognized. Walks up to other people with their, their boats and their nets and just says, follow me. They leave the boats, they leave the nets, and they follow him to what his plan was. I think today, and I could be wrong, it's happened once, all right, I've been wrong before. I think today sometimes we almost make it sound like Jesus came up to them and said, hey, can I tag along? Can I sit at your tax booth? Can I bless your fishing business? Can I help you pull those nets? Can I go out there with you? That's not what he said. And that's what I think a lot of us do is is we come to God, and we're not really looking to serve God. We're looking for something to make our life better. We're looking for a good luck charm or a rabbit's foot, a horseshoe, a prayer we can pray that that we could do what we want to do because we are building our kingdom and we want our own kingdoms to stand. And what God is saying is he's saying, come and follow me. Lay down your life. Take up your cross. Let everything about your life go and follow me. Now, do I think God will bless your business? Yes. God will bless you. Like serving God, he will, but it's not about you. 
I, I mean, I could testify, and I, I promise I'm not bragging. I just want you to know, like, in the past five years, I've got, like, five or six promotions. I got two promotions this summer. It's not because I'm awesome. God just blesses you. Like, I'm telling you this. I'm doing the best I can. But you know what? I can only do so much at work because I have family to take care of and I have a church that we're dealing with. But when God's favor is on you, I'm not saying God's favor is not on you. But people come up to you and they say, we, we, we want to promote you. Now, starting a new job is good because you don't have to do anything for like two or three weeks. You know, people don't expect anything. So it's really cool. The low expectations are real low, so it's been good changing jobs. But the point is, is that God will bless you, but I want to tell you it's not about that because I don't seek the promotion. I don't seek the increase in pay. In fact, I'm not even worried about that. I'm following what Christ is doing, and these blessings are overtaking me, and I'm like, I don't have time to do another job. I'm sorry. I don't want to waste any more of my brain power on that because I'm called to the kingdom. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I want to unpack that. Because whatever God has called you to do, the first point is you can do it. I want you to say, I can. I can. You can do it. God has called you for a purpose. When God thought about you, he said, they can do it. The next thing, now when I thought about the soda can and when I woke up in the morning, is you realize that these cans, the first thing, they were formed. They were formed. You have been formed. There's a scripture that I want, I want to read to you. It says, If anyone belongs to Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 19, if anyone belongs to Christ, that person has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. Did you hear that? Did you understand that? God has given us the task of reconciling, of putting people back together with God, that man and God's humanity and God's relationship was broken, and the task for that reconciliation was given to you and to me, to us, and the old life is gone, a new life has begun, all this is a gift from God. For, for God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. See, God's plan is to bring the world back to himself. It is not to bless your business. Although he may use that. He may make some people in this room incredibly rich because he has a purpose for that. But you don't win at life by getting rich. Let's set the goal. It is not to get the most money. It is not even to live the longest. That's not the goal of life. The goal of life is to do God's will. And God's will is that everyone who is broken off of relationship from him would be put back together. Now, this can that you're holding, it was formed for a purpose. It was designed to do something, as were you. Around the room, there's little cans. Hold up one of the little cans. There's big cans. There's a Red Bull around here somewhere that's a whole different shape right there. My friend was smart. He got the Red Bull so he could stay awake in church. Praise God. All right, he got the Red Bull. But each can has a different purpose. 
Or each can has a different design, but it serves the same purpose. However God made you, it's different than he made me. The world does not need another one of me. We would be all messed up. All right, that would be a horrible thing. And the world probably doesn't need another one of you. Amen? But when God made you new, and God came to you in Christ, he made you a new creation. If, you've been, if you name Christ, like he's made you a new creation. You are new. You are formed. You have a plan. That same word he spoke to his disciples, come and follow me, is the same word he's speaking to you. He's not asking you if he can tag along in your, tag along in your life. He's not saying, can I just hang out with you and just do whatever you're doing? I'm kind of bored. God is not bored looking for a friend to hang out with. He is on a mission. He has a plan for his creation, for the redemption of mankind, and he's inviting you to be a part of that plan. You can choose to play along or you can choose to sit there. But he is not just going to sit there with you. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't care about your life. I'm just saying he realizes there's something bigger. What about if Peter would have sat there and said, but Lord, Peter was the fisherman. Jesus comes to him and says, come, follow me. And he leaves his nets. He leaves his boats. What if Peter said, but Lord, this business, look what I could build here. I could bless people. I could give people jobs, and I could, I could feed them fish, and I could, I could do all this stuff with my business. Jesus, why don't you help me build this fishing business? Jesus is like, no. Follow me, and I'll make you a fisher of men. Peter, I could do more with two fish than you could do with your two boats. It's not about what you have. It's about what you've given to him about what you've given him. The next thing. So this can is formed for a purpose. It's designed for a purpose. You're filled. I mean, you're formed for a purpose. The next thing is you are filled. Do you realize that you are filled with the Holy Spirit? You have the Spirit of God with you because very few of us, in fact, probably no one in this room, would buy this can if it was empty. Do you have a use for an empty soda can? Unless you're selling soda and you want to put soda in it to sell, you're not buying a soda can. It's not about you. It's about what God has put in you. He's formed you to hold his spirit, and then he's put his spirit in you. That's why people buy this stuff, because of what's inside. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. There's a scripture. It's out of Titus chapter 3. It says, but when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done. You don't earn God's spirit. Think about that. He saved you not because you earned it. He doesn't have a set of scales, thank God, where he's like, oh, weighing it out. He saved you because of his kindness and of his love. Because of his mercy, it says. It says, and he washed away our sins. And he gave us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. This is the word of God. It is true. How you feel is not true. You may feel like you're not washed of your sins. But in Christ, they are washed away. And anything other than that 
is a lie. It is a lie. You have been washed. A good, clean dish is better than a dirty dish. Come to my house and come in my kitchen, and I'll prove that to you. You could take some dirty dishes, and they're gross. They smell. They stink. Milk does things after a couple hours that it shouldn't do. I mean, that's why we keep it in the refrigerator. And it gets slimy, and it's horribly gross. But when it gets cleaned, it's useful again. And you have been cleaned in Christ. Some of you are waiting for God to forgive you so you can feel forgiven, so you can feel like you're worthy enough, so you can feel like you can do something, that you can make a difference. And he's saying, I already have. I've washed you. I've cleaned you. Do you want to clean the same cup again? Would you do that? Do you have that kind of time in your house? You know what, honey? Let's just put all the clean dishes in the sink and just give them a good rinsing. No. You don't do that. You clean the dirty dishes, and you've been cleaned. But you're acting or you're thinking, and we, we act, and we think like we're still dirty, like we're not cleaned, and like we're not filled. God has put his spirit. It says he general, generously poured out his spirit into you. Not one of these cans in here, and they were made by men and women. Not one of these cans in here is probably three-fourths of the way full. If you have one, you're calling up, you're getting your money back. They fill it to the brim so they can sell you your soda, your drink, your seltzer. You have not been filled just this much with God's Spirit. You have been filled. But you say, but I don't feel it. Are your feelings more powerful than God's word. Now, here's another thing. Is you've been formed, you've been feel, filled, but you've also been sealed. I have been sealed. And the scripture talks about the Holy Spirit. It says, in the book of... Sorry. Book of Ephesians. It says, in him also... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire the possession of it to the praise of his glory. These cans were sealed. Now let's little talk a little bit about sealing. Sealing, one of the things you know is sealing keeps things fresh, right? That's why you put the food in Tupperware before you put it away. You don't want it to get rotten. God's sealing with the Holy Spirit keeps you fresh. We seal our decks to keep the wood lasting longer. God has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. I saw at Costco yesterday, they were selling a machine for God-awful amount of money where you put your food in there and then you put a piece of plastic, it sucks the air out, and it seals it. It keeps it fresh. It will last longer. The other thing about a seal is a seal is also a label. Now, I want to go back to when the, when the Greeks heard this word, because it was written in Greek, and the Romans, when they heard this word, they understood the type of sealing that they were talking about. And it was that, that kind that would keep things closed and together and fresh and protected. But it was also that idea of labeled. Now, picture this. You're back in the old school days. There's no internet, praise God. There's no Facebook. There's no, there's no text messaging. You don't have to carry a cell phone around. You can't make a phone call, though. So that's weird. 
And you have people on the other side of the empire, and you want to talk to them, so you write them a letter. Well, what do you do to make sure the letter got there? Well, you send it with a courier. But how do they know that that courier didn't change that letter up? Like how, when they read it, how do they know that the courier didn't stop on his journey and, and add some words into it and delete some stuff? Or, you know, how do you know? Well, they would take a seal. The king or, or the, the, the person sending it would have a seal. And they'd roll it up and they'd put a seal on it. And that seal would have a special mark. So you read it. It was kind of like their email address. You know who it came from. You saw the seal. You realize it wasn't broken. And when you unrolled the seal, you could read and you could have confidence that it is exactly what they wanted to say. It was this idea of it was kind of like a label and it was protection. God's sealing of your Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit is protection, yes, but it's also a label. Do you know that you are you are labeled with the name of Christ? Now the label matters. Some of you didn't want this kind. You're like, no, I'm not drinking that. I want the other stuff. When in all reality, it's not that much different. Now, some of you are like, yes, it is, and we'll fight. Okay, I'm not trying to fight you over whether it's that much different. But I'll tell you, tell you some companies, and my father-in-law works for one, they make some medicines like gels and stuff that you would see in Walgreens or, or CVS. They make it in the same bin. I want to tell you that he may, he cranks it all up and he just puts it in the different containers with different labels. And that label costs you $4 and that one costs you $6. But he made it in the same bin. So the label matters. What the label is. And you are labeled with the name of Christ. Do you realize when people see your job title, it makes a difference? Oh, you're the director. You're the executive director. Oh, you are a peon. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm saying like it, whatever your job title is, you know what I'm saying, it, it makes a difference. Somebody walks up to you and, and they hand you a business card from Walmart. If it says CEO, you probably give that person some time. If the CEO of Walmart, whatever you feel about Walmart, wants to have lunch with you, you probably make that happen. What do you want to talk to me about? But if the... See, if somebody hands you a card from Walmart and it says cashier, you may not have the same desire, right? CEO of Walmart wants to meet with you. You're making that happen. Do they want to give me money? They want to give me a job? Why do they want to do that? The cashier does. Some of you would be like, I'll meet with anybody. It doesn't matter. But the rest of us would be like, well, how much of my time is this worth? Well, you are labeled with the name of Christ. So you're formed. You're filled you're labeled. This is true whether you believe it or not. I can't believe how many people think that God's power depends on their belief. Like, it's there for all of us. God does not get less powerful if you don't believe in him. It's just you get less access to that power. It's not like you believe in God and he all of a sudden gets bigger and puffed up and is like, yeah, now I could do something. No, that power comes to you when you believe. But it's still there whether you believe it or not. So you have been sealed. The last thing it says, I have been sent. Jesus told his people, says, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. You can make a difference. And I want you to know that God has given you everything you need. He's formed you. 
He's created you a perfect way. God does not make junk. You are not junk. And some of us, we tell ourselves that in our minds every day. You are not junk. You've been formed. You are not empty and helpless. You are filled. It doesn't depend on your own strength, but God has filled you with the Spirit. He didn't just give you a little portion. And you are sealed. And you have been sent. Now, some of us, we say, you know, man, I, I don't feel that way. And here's one of the reasons I think is because it's all for a purpose. Nobody would make these cans just to stock them up in their garage. You make a bunch of cans because you want to get a bunch of cans out there. You're not trying to just store them up in a warehouse. You're trying to get them out. So if you're not feeling particularly filled, I'm wondering what are you doing with what God has given you? Because the last thing is, is, and you can't do this because they said you can't, but the last one it says it has to be poured out. Now don't do that because I don't want to get in trouble with the theater. It was my place, we could do that. Right? This can was meant to be poured out. Now to pour it out, it has to be cracked open. You got to let God crack you open. You, you have to let God break your heart for the things that break his. You have to love what God loves more than you love what you love. You have to love God's life more than your own. You have to realize that heaven is not your home. I'm sorry, earth is not your home. Heaven, hopefully, will be your home. That God's kingdom is hopefully where you're going, that that is what you're focused on. But the thing I love about these cans and why I think it's such a great illustration is because once it's cracked, there's no closing it. You have to pour it out. You pour it into your mouth. You can pour it into a cup. But you got to pour it out. There's no closing it. There's no resealing it. You're not a 20-ounce bottle. You're like a can. Like it's, it's cracked, and it has to be poured out. And if you are... You can't do that. But if you are like that, where you want to know what it's like to be filled and what it's like to be poured out, you have to be in the right path and in the right plan. Now, I think a lot of times we don't feel filled or we don't know that we're filled because the goal is not to be poured out. I want, you, I want to say that again. You're not being filled or feeling like you're being feel, filled because the goal is to be poured out. Every time the Holy Spirit visited somebody in the book of Acts, it was always to empower them for whatever purpose God had for them. Acts chapter 2, the church was sent into all the world. The Holy Spirit comes and it rushes down upon them. Acts chapter 4, the church is scared, but they realize they have a mission to do, and so they cry out for God's Spirit, and it comes and God sends them out again. Paul when he gets saved, God's Spirit comes upon him to send him out in the world. Every time the Spirit comes, it's for a purpose, for an empowering, for ascending. Now, here's a little story, and you, you, you could think I'm crazy, and that's okay. You might already think I'm crazy, so I'm just adding to that. But I, So I, I got saved, 17 years old, atheist, rebel, horrible person, and 
got saved and I dove all the way into it. Like I said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid and go all the way into this Jesus stuff. Realized I had to go to church. Realized I had to tell people about it. Like I, how could I really believe this gospel and not tell somebody? That would be like lying. Like, oh yeah, your whole eternity depends on your response to Jesus Christ, but I'm not going to tell you about it. No, if I believe it, I'm sharing it. So immediately started doing that. Then immediately got a Bible study at my house. Like it just, with, within months, invited kids over to my house. Nobody had to ask me to get a Bible study going. Nobody had to say, hey, would you lead a Bible study? Because it would be really great to teach people the word of God. It was just, I read the Bible and was like, oh my gosh, people need to know this. This is so cool. You young people, come over here. People came to my house, they didn't even know what they were getting involved in. Thought, you want to come over and hang out? Sure. I have some nachos. They're like, okay, cool. They'd get there. I just open up the Bible and just start reading it to them, reading them the gospels. They're like, what are we doing? And I start teaching them the scriptures. And then we would pray right in my house, just a young guy. And it was those kind of prayers. You know how you can say a prayer that's real, like holy and religious, and you're like, God, we just thank you for this day, and we just, you're so good. No, these were the kind of prayers that were real ugly and messy and like spit coming out of your mouth when you're saying them. They'd be like, we'd do the Bible study, we'd eat nachos, and I'd be like, okay, guys, we're going to pray. And these kids were just like, they had no idea what was going to happen. And so they'd be like, okay, let's pray. I said, hold hands. They'd like, hold hands? I'm like, yeah, why do you do that? I don't know. That's what I saw other Christians do. So I just got saved. So we hold hands. And then I just dove right into like a real prayer. And it wasn't like a 45-second prayer. It was like a 15-minute prayer. Yes, and my wife can tell you because that's how I met her at one of these Bible studies. It was like a 15-minute to 20-minute, sometimes 30 minutes of just praying. Top of my lungs, like crying out to God, saying, God, save these kids. Show them your word. Let your spirit come down. Spit. Kids would be crying. I don't know if they were crying because they wanted to leave, and they're like, he won't let go of me. But, but like God was moving. The spirit of God was there, and God showed up in those houses. And then they saw this at church, and they said, Chris, we want you to preach. Will you come preach to the youth group? I'd never preached before. Sharing a Bible study, that, to me, that was easy because it wasn't me like really talking. I just read the Bible and was like, look. Like that was my Bible study. Like that's how, look, read it. Can you read? I'll read it for you. Like, it was real simple and real honest, and why do I have to add a lot to it? But they said, Chris, do you want to come preach to the youth? And so, because that's how I am, I'm like, yeah, sure. If God put it there, and, I, and it was the first time I ever had to preach to the youth, and the first time I ever preached in front of anybody. Now, I'm not scared to talk in front of people. I just never have been. But I really was scared to share God's word. I was like, what do I say, and how do I do this, and it's different than a Bible study, and I know these kids are all lost, and they need Jesus, and I don't want to waste this opportunity. And so I remember spending the whole afternoon just praying, just interceding, just, just praying. Like what, I, I needed to be filled. When was the last time you were that committed to something for God that you knew that if God wasn't there, if you weren't filled with his spirit, that you would fail? And I spent the whole afternoon praying. And then it was time to leave and go to church because I was supposed to be preaching. And I had no idea what I was going to say. On the way out of the house, I grabbed the toaster. This is true. True story. Grabbed the toaster. And I was like, I could use this toaster. This will work. Took the toaster with me. But I was so aware that it had to be God's presence. 
It had to be God's spirit. It had to be something God was doing and not Chris was doing. It had to be God's word and not Chris's word. When was the last time you were there that you stepped out to do something and you just didn't want it to be you? God, I'm going to talk to my neighbor, and I really just want your words. Like, you really prayed about it. You really sought God. I spent the whole afternoon. And we had this little song. I had this CD that somebody gave me. They had CDs back then, young people. Little disc, kind of clear, and they had a laser. It was really weird. They don't have those anymore. But we had a little CD, and, and, and it had a song, and it said, it, the song was about 30 seconds long, and it talked about anointing fall on me. And I had read enough of the Bible and studied, and I was actually in Bible school at that time in a little ministry college, and, and I knew what the anointing meant. And it meant God's power for service, God's marking for service. And I knew if I was going to preach the gospel, if I was going to preach, I wanted God's power there. So I asked the youth pastor, I said, can I just play this song right before I preach? Like, I just want to play it just a little bit because it means something to me. He was like, yeah, whatever, go for it. So I stand up in front of the youth group, play the song, and now this is where it gets weird. Play the song. I'm standing there in front of the youth group, and I'm like, you know, I do the religious thing. I'll close my eyes, raise my hands. I don't know why people just do that at church. So I just did that. The song played. And I will tell you with everything that's in me, it felt like lightning came down out of the sky. I stood up there on stage, believe me or not, and it was like somebody was pouring lightning, like liquid lightning, and literally, I'm up on stage, and I can't even stand. Kids are not even listening to the song. They're just looking at me. And I fell back. Now, I didn't fall out, like, pass out. I was completely aware. But if you've ever been electrocuted, like, didn't really help much being awake. You know, I was awake, but body was getting zapped. Like, music stopped. I just got up and acted like nothing happened. <laughs> I didn't even reference it. I was like, hey, guess what? Anyways, we're going to preach. I got a toaster. I preached the message for the next 45 minutes. Kids were laughing. They were going on. Kids got saved. Talked about how just like this toaster can't be plugged in and without power, like it has to have power from the wall. You have to have power from Jesus. And God wants to fill you with his power. And God wants to do great things with you. Great message. People were like touched. It was funny. Kids were laughing. God was doing stuff. That doesn't happen every time I preach. All right, I don't come up here and fall down on the floor and get electrocuted every time I preach. All right, that would be really weird. But I will tell you this, is every time I preach, I pray that God would still pull out his power on me. Every time I talk to somebody, if I meet them for lunch, God, pour out your power on me. I want to be filled because I know that I want to be poured out. You are just like this can. You are formed. You are made for a purpose. You may never do what I'll do. And I'll never do what you do, but God's purpose is still important. And stop believing the lie that you're a mistake and that you're not perfect and that you're too messed up. Because if God can use me, he can use you. And then you have been filled. There is good stuff in you. If you know the gospel of Jesus Christ, there's about five billion other people that don't. Even if that's all you knew, that's still a pretty big deal. You don't need a theology degree to bring someone into the kingdom. You've been filled with God's spirit. Like, that's powerful. That's a big deal. 
But my fear is, is that we don't live like that. And then you've been sealed. God's protecting you. Do you know God's on your side? Like he's protecting you. When things happen, he doesn't get surprised. He doesn't like pass the buck. You ever pass the buck? Been like, I don't know. You better talk to this person about that. You know, somebody sends you an email at work or they ask you a question. You're like, I don't know. Talk to that department. God can take care of every problem you have. He doesn't get nervous. In fact, that's the one thing he probably never does is like get scared. But he loves you. And he sent you. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at how can you make a difference? What are some practical things? The one thing I don't want you to have, though, is an excuse. You have no excuse. And I'm going to be ending up right here. Don't get mad at me. I love you. If you're not serving God, it's not because you can't. It's because you won't. It's not an issue of ability. It's an issue of obedience. If you're not currently active in God's plan for this world, it's not because you can't. It's because you won't. That's scary. And I don't say that because I'm mad and pointing fingers. I'm just saying every single human being, we're accountable for what we can do. Now, here's the last thing I'm going to end with. We're done. You can go up there. You are only accountable for what you can do. If you can't, you can't. I can't change the laws in this country right now. I just can't. I can't end hunger in all of India right now. I just don't have that much money in my bank account. But what I can do, I'm accountable for that. I want you to think about that. You're accountable for what you can do. For some people, you can do a lot. I look around, there's some talented, intelligent, amazing people in this room. God is saying, come follow me. Don't invite him to tag along in your life, but follow him into his. I want you to bow your head just for a second. I want you to close your eyes, and I, I want you to get excited about what God has for you. Because there's nothing more fun than following Jesus. Peter had more fun getting up from the shore following Jesus than he ever would have fishing on those boats. Levi had more fun following Jesus than he did collecting taxes. Now it was scarier, it was more dangerous, it was, they didn't know where they were going to sleep but it was definitely more fun. You're only accountable for what you can do. We're going to sing a song right now, and I think there might be some people that you need to surrender to the Lord. You may not be in sin. You may not be going backwards. But you might be in neutral.
Do you hear that? You might not be going backwards, going the wrong way. But you might be in neutral. God doesn't want that either. He wants you to go forward. 